Cloud Wars Live. We're digging into the digital revolution. It's a great privilege today to get to speak with the president of Google Cloud, Rob Enslin. Rob had a legendary career at SAP before moving over to Google Cloud about three years ago, and he's had some amazing experiences there. And uh, Rob, welcome to Cloud Wars Live. It's great to see you again. Thank you, Bob. Good to be here. Good to be with you as well. So, Rob, millions of different things to talk about here, but I know just, just before we hit the recording thing, there was some pretty interesting discussion going on here. Rob, I, would you just share some of your thoughts about what it's been like in this two and a half years at Google Cloud, right? Because certainly the last 18 months have been like anything anybody's ever lived through. So what's it been like for you? Yeah, Bob, thank you very much. Um, you know, first, I, it's 28 months since I've joined Google Cloud and came in with a very... Um, I would say very specific um, focus, and that was to hopefully bring data and data innovation to enterprises at scale. Um, having known the, the the capabilities that Google Cloud had, you know, I always felt that consumer innovation was ahead of enterprise innovation, and I always um, admired what Google had done from an innovation point of view, whether it being in Alpha or with Automotive or with Waymo or with, with DeepMind and all, and all these different and all these different areas, right? And I was like, I was chomping at the bit to take that and help companies understand how it could help shape them and think through how they could utilize satellite technology and Android and Android TV and maps and being able to connect that and really, really help them. And in, in order to do that two and a half years ago, you know, we had to bring in enterprise scale to Google Cloud. We had to certainly get a better coverage model um, around the world. Um, I really felt that we needed to move the conversation from techie conversation um, to the boardroom. And I remember the very first conversations I had with people, I said, you know, you can discuss Anthos um, to the nth degree, but when you're in the boardroom, nobody's gonna understand it. So you better be able to take that technology and turn it into something that's meaningful for companies that'll shape them and think through how they can be shaped. And uh, one of those conversations was around travel. And people looked at me and said, well, what do you mean? I mean, we, you know, we can do infrastructure migration. And that. I said, can you imagine when we can help the traveler have a better experience, mm -hmm. right? Where they're going, what they do, the price points they pay, the seat that they want on the plane, and it's all automatically created for them. They don't have to go into multiple websites and thing and hopefully change and get stuck and then feel like they might have lost their seat. If we could do all of that, can't we change the way that that operates? So think how the airline industry or the travel industry could have a better experience. Um, and I said, the beauty of Google is we, we have information and knowledge to be able to do that. And if we can do that, we can touch people in meaningful ways. And that changes the, the the paradigm. So we came in, we, you know, we focused on building out a partner ecosystem, becoming enterprise ready, hiring lots and lots of people um, that understood business processes, but also understood what the future of business pr processes could be, and really set ourselves on a goal of becoming a meaningful cloud provider at scale uh, in the industry. And um, and obviously, we feel very fortunate where we've come. But one of the things that changed along the way was, you know, we had this pandemic show up on our doorstep. Um, and that in many ways, you know, it did not surprise me, but I think the scale to which cloud and cloud providers were able to cope and the flexible nature in which um, all of us operated uh, truly took a world that had been kind of 
I would say in March of 2020, kind of shocked. Yeah. Like, what would we do? Would we survive this? Would we be able to cope? Would, let's rush out to this to this all the supermarkets and fill a house with food in case we needed to survive for 14 days. Well, guess what? It's 20 months later, and we are still working through it. And multiple markets around the world, multiple countries, they've got different elevations. We've opened businesses, we've closed businesses, we've opened airlines, we've closed airlines. Um, the one thing it's really taught us is we're able to touch billions of people in meaningful ways across a broad spectrum. Think about it, entertainment. The magic of entertainment, how do we stream today? Everybody's got a plus something on uh, in the environment, on their phone, on their... Um, on the different devices, you, you're, you're constantly connected and streaming doesn't happen because we've connected wire to wire. That has exploded because we've had network capacity. We've been able to architect network capacity. We've been able to move network capacity. We've been able to move different levels of CPUs and servers to cope with this massive level of growth across social media, um, environments and, and and they have been amazing the growth of these companies we've seen the the stock market completely evolve in, in, in a tech world in, in multiple ways I think it's been incredible to see things like distribution telehealth all of these industries you can go through all of these industries and look at them they're all going through a level of massive transformation uh, at scale that we've never seen in the history and I always tell people pause for a moment and think about 10 years ago, in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2000, what would have happened had a pandemic happened 10 years ago? And, and it's just absolutely mind-blowing how this has absolutely moved our thinking around technology, moved how we use technology, how we interact every day, how it has changed the productivity and you know put some social issues on the table as well right that we've actually had to deal with but it's incredible how human beings have been able to cope with this and continue to cope with the scenarios around it in every place around the world i spent a month in south africa working nobody knew that i was in south africa unless i actually told them right and so that's incredible that we were able to just pick up continue that business so it's been an incredible i think it's been incredible what's what's happened um you know i would say you know we can talk how many billions of people are connected the interesting thing is that the generations of change with this connection happen so i have a very simple you know thought process riding a bicycle in my neighborhood the one thing that was different than it was in 2019 lots of parcels in the trash can outside the older community has actually started to utilize an e-commerce play in a not in, not in a just a little way in a massive way it became normal routine my my 80 my 82 year mother is constantly purchasing you know and five years ago that was unheard of you you, you just didn't so the world has evolved in terms of the the different variances of age demographic um, marketplaces, it's absolutely incredible what, what has been achieved. And with that, I think the future also becomes an interesting opportunity um, in a very, very meaningful way as well. 
Yeah, Rob, I, I love some of those observations you've offered up there. And, you know, I think about the one thing you were describing, how people coped and the technology helped them cope. And I think on top of that, too, what I've been astonished by is that we had to cope to get by and deal with a lot of that change. But then, you know, humans can be pretty resilient. And as we reached the coping stage and then it was right, click the innovation and opportunity stage. And there are businesses, right, popping up in different areas, different ways, or big businesses realizing, okay, we have one shot at this. Uh, we're mm -hmm. not going to get five years to do a turnaround plan. We've got five months, five weeks. We either get this right or we don't. And I just thought it was a, a remarkable testament to you know the human will of people's ideas. But the scope of those ideas, Rob, seem to be so much bigger and broader now because yeah. They're armed with some of those technological capabilities that you've touched on here a little yeah. bit, right? It's a, it's a very powerful combination. Yeah. Um, you know, in many ways, I view it as next generation companies got an acceleration um, simply because they were ready for this. They didn't know they were ready, but they were ready for this. Yeah. Probably, um, you know, the, the company that was... <laughs> It was mentioned quite a bit during this time frame, maybe in the wrong or right way. But you look at the social media company like TikTok, right? It, 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 the criteria around being in your house, looking for entertainment, not being able to move out, simply made that a natural. And there are others where they became natural. And so the older media companies had to move fast to enable, to enable that streaming, to create many of them even moved in such ways that they actually acquired or they merge with other companies to become highly so that whole industry in 20 months just completely moved in in, in, a, in a massively different direction but then the other companies that, that you would say well in many cases well aren't you going to save now maybe it's time to you know get down the hatchet and hide behind it and save as much money as you can and not do any the opposite happened mm -hmm. the actual opposite happened. people looked at it and said oh my gosh this is an opportunity the world will change and we will have to be ready for when that happens. And therefore we're gonna invest now to, be, to become ready. I look at financial institutions. You know, financial institutions focused on, hey Google, can you help us figure out how to really understand personalization? Because we don't believe that the bank, the banker in the future, the consumer that goes to the bank in the future is actually gonna show up mm -hmm. and wanna work in a, in a fixed environment. Or the, the, the portal that we actually had them sign on, we don't think that's ready for simplification and hyper personalization that can position can position what that consumer that individual consumer wants versus me giving everybody the same no longer is that just good enough i have to figure that out and i have to do it really fast and by the way i need to move all this stuff into the cloud so that i can effectively start to uh, move my investments into the areas that are going to massively help me change. You know, I need to create a digital bank. And, and, and so every one of these industries, I can go through and think about how each one of them excelled or propelled what they would have taken years to get to in a very, very short period of time. And, I, and, and honestly, um, many of them, I, I would say, are still challenged to be able to do that at speed and to get the capabilities they need in order to compete uh, at scale. I mean, you take e-commerce. I mean, you'll, you'll look at the winners and the losers in e-commerce, those that are ahead, um, the kind of 
the kind of environments they provided their consumers to make it really easy to consume the distribution that arrived at at, uh, at your house in the right time the and i'm not talking about physical goods food daily food your lunch came to your house yesterday i asked the question i'm dying for a cup of coffee well why don't you just use this other company they'll deliver a car i was like how much does a coffee actually cost to deliver to my house well it's possible today to do that right and so so all of these, all of these different industries, um, you know, massive change, super exciting to be part of it. You know, super, you know, I'm really, um, I'm really grateful that I had an opportunity to watch this and to actually be in the middle of it and to be able to help even from the, 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 the point of, um, you know, network infrastructure, I met a, a, a certain government uh, official who said, you know, our network infrastructure was hardwired. I said, what do you mean hardwired? So it's physical. It's like, you know, the cables have to move. If we have to expand it, we actually got to get out there, drive a truck out, and we got to extend the cable. It's like, that's not really good in an environment where you can't do that anymore. You can't actually physically go out and drive. You can't find, you actually, and so you just think about that and it's like, wow, in the cloud, that's possible because we can software engineer it. And we've got all these connections around the world and we have this ability to do this. So, you know, it's just, it's just fascinating that the, the other industry, which I think is even more, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting for me is like we had this whole ev discussion around electric cars right also, oh you know are you going to be that the reality what you've seen now take place is that esg's year sustainability is absolutely part of the agenda it was and then it got lost not ease right but it's more than that it's about providing consumers that drive automotive cars an unbelievable experience right and those older legacy companies or those older tech are struggling to be able to utilize technology in a meaningful way that allows them to do that um in a very cloud native way and that's why next generation uh, automotive companies are springing up all over the place yeah. and by the way we accept them even though they're brand new 15 years ago you would have not had you would have never purchased a car that didn't have a 40-year track record and was not in consumer x every year as the most safe car to drive because it had the best brake system in the world that's what you purchase today you purchase a car that's convenient that meets your sustainable and is and is the next generation or, or, or and it's driven through software because it sits in your garage at night and it powers your house because it's connected to the grid in your house yeah yeah Rob, I'll tell you a, a, a real quick story and then I'll make a point to ask uh, for your input on this. So I was about 10 or 11 or 12 years old. I was going to have been a steel town in Western Pennsylvania and one some of the circus came to town. So a few of my buddies and I went up, had a great time at the circus. When it was over, we asked some of the guys working there, can we help clean up? Can we earn some money here? So one of the things they had us do was clean up around where the elephants were kept not the most fun job I ever had, but it was, it was interesting. And I watched the guys would bring the elephants, full grown elephants over oh. and they tie them to a little stake pounded into the ground. Right. And I asked the guys, why doesn't that elephant rip that stake out and, you know, throw it out of the stadium and do whatever it wants. He's, the guy said, he doesn't know he can. He believes that that stake from when he was a little tiny elephant will hold him there. So he doesn't try to move. And Rob, I was thinking of this, you know, another industry I wanted to ask you about, like the pharmaceutical industry, right? How many years or decades 
with the pharmaceutical put this out uh, industry like a law of physics. It takes 10 years and two and a half billion dollars yeah. to create a new molecule. But now they're saying, you know, it's going to be two or three years or two years. And, you know, for a fifth of that cost. So it's this mindset that I think the cloud has unleashed about what is possible. And you touched on this. So you see in financial services, the experience things, the cars, pharmaceuticals, on and on like this. I think we're at a point of explosion of um, innovation that leads to not just innovation, but greater opportunities for people, better standard of living, more choices, more possibilities. It, it's, it's a remarkable time we're in right now. I would agree with you completely. Um, telehealth, right? Um, when I when I talk to um, a, a friend of mine that runs a big telehealth company, uh, actually a health company based in in southern part of the U.S., Colombia, Peru, right? They 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 connected uh, in Colombia six million patients to their doctors. Just think about that. Wow. that how, how do you do that in a world where we made a phone call to get an appointment and you were put on a piece of paper, if you're lucky, maybe on a calendar, right? And then you showed up and you waited. So just think about how, what impact that will be on future of, 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 of health, of, of, of wealth. So I think, I think it's been absolutely remarkable. I had somebody that gave me a very, you know, very simple analogy when it started. He said, Robert, if somebody had told us that we have to get all of our employees access to video immediately and we needed to start the project he said in 2019 i would have told my ceo that would be a nine-month project and would cost x amount of millions to achieve and i would let you know the outcome at the board meeting in september <laughs> right that that, that and, and there would have been probably the pre-preparation work for that would have cost us a couple of hundred thousand just how we were going to do it who we were going to hire how was it going to you know all the things well what happened we did it in 24 hours and it just shows you, I think that mindset to your point has set, has set in, in in the pharmaceutical, in research, in areas that, hey, if you use data and you put enough CPUs to it and you have enough people thinking about it, right, outcomes can happen much faster. We don't have to constrain our minds around this. We can drive it faster. I think the governments of the world did an incredible job connecting all the high performance compute together to attack this. I don't think it's position. One day somebody will write a, a story or, or there will be a documentary on how people came together to, to, to resolve this versus all the political mumbo and jumbo. But but I think it's been a unique, uh, it'll go down as one of the milestones in the world that, that shaped and changed us for the better. Um, and the utilization of technology has never been at, at a more innovative speed um, scale than it is today. And as I said earlier, I'm you know, super fortunate I, you know, I'm delighted to be at Google because if you think about where Larry and Sergey, how they thought about this, how they thought about 10 times, how they thought about the world has to think faster about innovation and where we are today, you know, that truly is meaningful and, and, and that's what's going to continue. You've talked about some vertical industries and I got to say uh, a couple of two, three months ago, I read the transcript of the interview you did with Bernd Lukert from mm -hmm. Deutsche Bank. And if you take out the names, Burned or Rob Enslin, and just look at some of the comments, Rob, you were nailing it pretty good there as a financial services executive. I mean, it shows you, you, you're not getting in there talking about, you know, IAS and PAS. Yeah. You were talking about business models and that whole thing about why the fintechs need the big guys and the big guys need the fintechs. Yeah. 
and that open mindset toward forget what you have done in the past and instead focus on what you need to do in the future. It was a fascinating conversation. Thank you. Well, you know, it was following the vision of Christian Suing, the CEO of, of Deutsche Bank, and listening to where he wanted to take the bank and having empathy for where that bank had come from and where they wanted to go. And when I when I met not only Christian, but the whole board, you know, my belief was that they were truly going to transform the bank. There was no question in my mind. They, they, they had a vision for it and they, they wanted to go after it. They were looking for a partner that could, could support that vision, right? And when you think about the things that were important, they were innovation. They were next generation employee. They were technology capabilities. And this is before the pandemic, mm -hmm. right? Technology capab capabilities that could allow them to massively shift the bank that operated for 200 plus years in, in X amount of countries. And you know, when you look at it, many people would say, oh my gosh, you guys are nuts. You'll never do that. This is crazy, right? It's like, no, we have to do it because the future of financial services will change and we want to be at the forefront. So in many ways, we just map to that. And then the other pieces, they also thought about, as I said, an ecosystem. So what does an ecosystem mean? bringing the next innovation through fintechs and helping invest in that to make the experience for the consumer better. And I think when people focus on that, all the right answers get put in place. When you focus on helping your customer or your consumer have a much better experience, drive their revenue objectives, help them under, um, use technology in a way that is transformative for them, connect the dots. That's when magic starts to happen. And so, you know, I remember the interview and the reason why the question was, and, you know, my, my answer was, we focused on what was right for them. Yeah. Yeah. It, instead of these prior constraints about, well, that's not what banks do. That's not what, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You get tied up in those things. Um, Rob, I wanted to ask about this thing, cultural, I think, within um, Google Cloud. And I, I know this idea of customer empathy Mm -hmm. uh, has become quite popular over the last year or two. But I believe, uh, and I, I couldn't cite any incredibly rigorous research I've done, but <laughs> I believe the first person I heard talk about it was Thomas. Yeah, It's become quite common since then, right? And once you hear about it, Rob, it seems one of those things you say, well, that's obvious, right? You have to have that. But <laughs> I didn't see a whole lot of evidence of it beforehand, so I don't think it really was obvious. How is that manifesting itself with what, you know, uh, a highly innovative like company like Google Cloud is doing when you come in and meet some of these leaders who have to be a little bit nervous about like, I see what I need to do, but how am I going to do that? Where do I start? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I think it resonates in our numbers to be quite frank. Right. And the one thing that I, and I, you know, it goes back to the earlier discussion around if you focus what these customers or consumers want or what they need, um, and you deliver on that, you know, good things happen. Our business is a consumption dri driven business. And so we have to work every day really hard to make customers successful. The more successful they are, the more successful we are. It's actually a very simple equation. Mm -hmm. And so, so this, this, my belief is, and you know, I've been in this industry a long time. My belief is that the sales motion has to evolve 
completely and be exceptionally different from what it was in previous years. And by that, I mean, it never stops. That we are constantly in a, in a, in a, in a cycle of understanding where we can help, how we can help, and how we benefit companies to move their business along constantly. And, and, and we have unique, not unique, but we have amazing engineering capabilities to make that happen in meaningful ways. And so, and, and so my, my view is, is the connection of, when I speak to people, it's like they, that are joining us, I speak to them about, this is not about the initial sales motion. This is about you constantly engaging your customers and your customer success journey you own. And the more you own it, the more rewards you receive for, for your environment. And we know today that, you know, if a company uses us once, it's great. If they use us 10 times, it's phenomenal. If they continue to expand it, it gets even better. Um, and one of the things that we've done at Google Cloud, um, which I've, you know, had the honor of, of, of doing is that bringing that consumer innovation into the enterprise in a meaningful way to, to build sustainability solutions, to understand how to build, connect payment, commerce, travel, um, Android, Android TV, maps, and so on, um, planet, uh, satellite technology, all of these to solve um, customer topics, problems, optimization that they haven't thought through before in, in ways that uh, we, we at Google are very fortunate to be able to bring that to companies. So uh, very, it's very, it's, it, I, I always try to boil things down to the most simple thing. Show up every day, care more about your customers than others do, Make certain you understand what their PL looks like in your head. If their PL is going to be better every day, I guarantee you, you will benefit from that. Um, and that's how you have to shape it. Understand them. Understand the details. Always know the details about your customer. Listen to YouTube. Listen to CEO speeches. In those speeches, they tell you where they want to go. They tell you what challenges they have. And map your thinking to that. Don't try to sell them uh, the cloud. Sell them the outcomes that matter. Yeah. Rob, as we wrap up, could I ask uh, 27 years at SAP, 28 months now at Google <laughs> Cloud, what are the next uh, what are the next year or two going to be like? You know, my um, first of all, I, I continue to firmly believe in what we're doing uh, in cloud and the value that we bring to companies. I think the, the one of the most interesting opportunities in our industry is going to be um, the ability to consume AI applications at scale. I don't think we've started yet. I think we're at the very, very beginning of AI at scale. And when I, when I, when I put myself in the eyes of my customers, if I was sitting in that CEO desk, my, my, my view would be, how do I make certain that my organization is ready to take advantage of AI at scale? And that I think is going to be one of the big and massive game changers in the industry. Uh, and I can't wait for us to produce hundreds of unbelievable AI applications that actually help customers to your point, make the world better, bring things or, or that, that, that are magically different. Um, but in order to do that, humans are going to have to consume it. And we're going to have to be ready for that. And I think that's going to be very interesting as we go through through that. Very varies by industry, varies by digital native, right? 
this year's digital native is next year's traditional company, right? So we yeah. watch the evolution of this take place. Um, but that's what I'm looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to actually bringing Google Cloud along that journey and connecting to those customers and, and, and make a meaningful difference on this planet. Well, Rob, thanks a million. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been a fascinating conversation and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks to all of you folks for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Hope it's been a great day for you. We look forward to seeing you again soon.